Let's say a quick prayer and we'll hop right into it. Lord, uh, as we've been praying all day, we just continue. God, would these words not be mine? Would they be uh, from you? God, would we have uh, hearts and minds that are like fertile soil, ready to receive what you have for us today? God, would we be willing to obey and, and follow your leading in big and small ways today? And Holy Spirit, would you come and meet with us today as we worship Jesus, as we worship you? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, every year, an aspect of the Christmas story, like a new aspect, a new angle of the Christmas story jumps out to me, right? We've, I've been listening to this story forever now, and this year, this, this detail of the Christmas story really caught me. It was actually from uh, Taka's message that focused on the shepherds. Go back in time to Christmas. Feels like so long ago, but let's, uh, let's go back just for a second. So if you missed it, the shepherd profession, if you missed that message, was in kind words, was not very well thought of, right? This, the shepherd profession had no legitimacy. These people were not able to give testimony in court. Usually, it, this role of the shepherd was given to, like, kind of the least important family member, the family member who couldn't contribute, right? And they were kind of seen as, like, this dirty, lazy, least of the least type people. And what's so crazy about the Christmas story is that God let the shepherds tell the story of Jesus' birth. That just caught me. It struck me, and it still is like on my heart and mind today. Let's let's read it. Uh, This will help us get into B-sides, what we're talking about today. Luke 2 says, When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, and let's see this thing which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen them, and this is the part that emphasized for me, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. They got to tell the story. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now, we can all agree that the, the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, is a big story. And I just love that God entrusted this crazy story to shepherds. Like, think about it for a second. How amazing for, would it be for a shepherd to f- finally be listened to? For them to, to walk into town as a shepherd and for people to know that they're a shepherd and for them to maybe have heard the news first or be among the first that that heard it. I love this detail that God announced it to the shepherds when he could have chosen the kings and the leaders. Oh, I love that. It's been rocking me, and that's very much on my heart as we talk about B-sides today. And I think that this was, this announcement to the shepherds, was this declaration that every person matters. Every person matters, and every story matters. Your story matters. And so today, we have to start with the statement, let's not forget the Christmas story so soon, that whatever your situation or circumstance is, whether you, you know, are doing great financially or with your appearance or, you know, made some mistakes, if God tells and trusts the shepherds with that story, it's because they matter. And, and that's true for us today, too. This story proves that you matter, that we matter, no matter our circumstances. And that's why today, as we talk about equipping, which is near and dear to my heart, uh, we get to, I get to launch this kind of this series where we're going to talk about B-sides, where every story matters. B-sides, every story matters. Now, I brought some props. Uh, actually, 
Pastor Joe brought some props, and I just get to show them to you. This is uh, some old-fashioned records, big and small, and what's so cool, and then uh, kind of what I grew up with is, is uh, cassette tapes, and I, I watched a video online recently, uh, like, giving these to teenagers and just, like, not telling them how to do it, just like, hey, play this for me, and they're like, I have no idea what to do with this stuff, but uh, it was so cool. So the way that this worked back in the day is that um, there was an A-side and a B-side, and what was so cool about this is the A-side song, the A-side song was usually uh, the song that like the, the people in charge of finances got to choose. This was the song that's like, oh, this is going to be the hit. This is going to be uh, the radio song, the airtime. This is like the song that the accountants were hoping would go out or the DJs would push. And it seems that like we only got to really hear the, the A-side song, but all the records, all the tapes came with both sides, came with songs on both sides. And what, what was sad is that these B-side songs didn't really get any airtime. But Pastor Joe had this insight, I love this, but he said actually most of the time, the actual like artist was, was the song that they were like maybe most proud of or more connected to or had like the most meaning was actually on the B-side. And that's the song that most people missed out on. That's the song that they knew wouldn't get out there. And we think that this can happen with Scripture sometimes, too, is that we get kind of locked into these, ooh, to these A-side stories, and we miss out on all these smaller B-side stories. And so what we're going to do is we're going to emphasize some B-side stories. We're going to give some airtime to some of these smaller stories in Scripture that I believe, that we believe, are just as meaningful not just to get locked in on A side, but a B side. And why? Why would we do that? Well, because the goal isn't, like for us, the goal is not to compare our story to somebody else's. Right? It's not that God, God hasn't parted the Red Sea through me recently, or healed me from addiction recently, or, and so we tend to think maybe because we compare to somebody else's story, or a story we've heard, an A side story, and we tend to think that, our B-side story doesn't matter very much or is not worth telling when in actuality, these B-side stories, every story matters. Your story matters, right? Raph says it like this, an elder, part of the teaching team. He says, God can use anyone's story to bless other people. He can use anyone's story to bless other people. Just because it's not an A-side story to you doesn't mean it's not an A-side story to the person listening. So Voice Church, as our goal for this series, uh, obviously is to learn a little bit more about God through Scripture, but also that you could learn uh, more about what God is doing in your life. You can share that story, your A side story, B story, Z story, whatever, with somebody else. We want to empower you, to equip you, to, to, to be ready to tell a story of God's faithfulness to a pastor, to a leader, to a coworker, to a family member. Text us, DM us, whatever. Your stories of God's faithfulness, whether big or small, will bless somebody. What story do you, do you think God wants you to tell? Start thinking about it. Now, as we think uh, and, and reflect on Scripture, I'm a Bible teacher uh, by profession, and I... I'm just blown away. The more and more and more I study Scripture, I just think that the Bible, it sounds nerdy, is, is amazing. And here's why. We know that the Bible isn't necessarily a book. The Bible is a library. 
It's this collection of stories that, um, that span over thousands of years, uh, incorporate many different locations on the planet, but it doesn't work like a, a library the way that we would know it, where you walk in and, and there's all kinds of different stories, fiction, nonfiction, like recipe books, whatever. And it kind of seems like it's just a collection, but it doesn't, it doesn't tell one story. It's just a collection of stories. But the Bible is cool because although it's a library, it actually tells one story the whole way through. You want to know what it is? God is faithful. That's the story of Scripture. If you're flying over at the 30,000-foot perspective, it's a story after story after story of a God who is continually faithful to his creation. I love that. That's what brings all these stories together. God keeps his promises that he's good. His word is good. We could trust him. And then it seems like as we fly over and look at big picture, as we fly over and then focus in on these B-side stories, it seems that it's funny that the people that collected all these stories, it's interesting the ones they, cho- they chose to like focus on. These B-side stories that if you're just flying over, you'll totally miss, but they're great. Okay, quick history lesson. We'll get into it. At this time, this B-side story, 2 Kings, and this time, Israel's history, King David is handing off his kingdom to, to his son Solomon. If you know that history, uh, this is the time when Solomon builds the temple. And this is uh, later on, good kings and bad kings come. And, and so the story really is just a summary as one king kind of comes and goes. Big picture, right? 30,000 feet. And it's also at this point in time that prophets come into the picture and help balance out the power. And this is like where my Bible teacher mode kicks in. God kind of balances the power. He helps guide and support. But here's the key is that whenever a prophet is like shows up in a story, this prophet is supposed to represent God's presence in the, Old, in the Old Testament. We'll get to why that's important in just a second. But here we are in First and Second Kings when it goes from king to prophet, from prophet to king, like a plane flying over. And then randomly, it seems, in Second Kings 6, which is what we're going to read in just a second, it seems like the story, like the perspective, zooms all the way in. Like on Google Maps, like from, from global all the way into seeing like the detail of what somebody's wearing that day or something like that. It's a super specific story. That's the context for us to begin. So 2 Kings 6, 1 through 7, this is the story of the floating axe head. Have you heard about it? People are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Cool, perfect. This is the classic B-side story. It's so meaningful. It's so great. Here we go. 2 Kings 6, 1-7. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, that's the prophet's name, Elisha. He said, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us, right? This is like the kingdom being built, the time where the, uh, where the, the temple's being built. The, the, the place that we're meeting is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan, the body of water, where each of us can get a log, and they're thinking about like, making a big tent, and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, the, uh, the prophet said, yeah, go. Then one of them said, well, won't you please come with us? Please come with your servants. I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began cutting down trees. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, well, where did it fall? He showed him the place and Elisha cut a stick, threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said, and then the man reached out 
his hand and he took it. B-side story. Now, in our day, the detail that you have to know is extremely important to this story. That Maybe the thing is that at this point in history, iron, this axe head, was extremely valuable. Like today, it would maybe equate, like for our, in our context and culture, uh, to like a car. But like not my car, like maybe your car. Like a nice car. Like a car that you would be proud to drive around, you know? Like a, a, a nice car. And imagine that like the church puts out a need. Like, hey, we, we need some help doing this thing. And so it, it's not your car, but you, you borrow this nice car from somebody that trusts you. And you're driving this car. And during you contributing to the need, this, doing this good thing, this car that you borrowed gets totaled. Just now it's gone. And there's no like insurance. And there's no backup plan. And there's no savings account. And I can imagine that you're, we are looking at this like saying like, oh, oh no. Like, there, God, I, I was trying to do a good thing. I, I, was, I was showing up for the need and I know I didn't have the resources and I borrowed and, and, and now what? And I don't know how educated these people are, but I think it's a good assumption that we can assume that they knew that iron doesn't float. Imagine you're standing like knee high in a muddy body of water, maybe a moving body of water, and you're, you're trying to cut down a log and the, 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 the handle breaks and the ax head is just falls in the water. And it, I mean, these people, it, it's gone. Have you guys ever lost your keys on a boating trip? Like, they're gone. And I love his reaction. I spent way too much time on this little detail in my prep. But verse 5, as he was cutting the tree down, an iron axe head fell into the water. And then he exclaimed, oh, no. Okay, pause. Oh, no. There's no, there's no way. There's no way. I looked at the original Hebrew translation of this. It's a combination of, of three things. It's an ancient exclamation or proclamation, an ancient root word expressing extreme pain. Have you ever hit your thumb with a hammer? Did you say, oh, no? Probably not. Okay, I can imagine the guy like chopping down the tree, the, the, the thing breaks and he falls in and he's like, oh, shh. And the guy's like, you can't say that in the Bible. Like, no. Rewrite it into, oh, no. There's no way. And I'm not here to convince you that there's cussing in the Bible. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but like you have to understand that you have to understand the reaction, I think. You have to understand how severe this moment is for this person who isn't even named, by the way. His life just changed. Here's the reality. He says it right after that. He says, it was borrowed. See, this means he's immediately in debt. This means probably selling years of his life to pay back this debt. This means this guy's about to become an indentured servant. This means slavery. His life is over. And all he was trying to do was this good thing. And I can imagine, you guys ever been in a similar spot where you're just trying to do something good and something happens and like, or just the world changes. The circumstances change and panic. And you think, man, life is over. Like, where do I go from here? 
And we have the tendency, I think, to feel like forgotten. Like our good intentions are a waste, that God doesn't care. Have you ever been there? And I love verse 6 and 7. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And I can imagine this guy, this axe head guy, being like, what kind of question is that? (laughs) Iron doesn't float, bro. Like, the, the keys are gone. And he showed him the place. I love that obedience. He doesn't understand. He just showed him the place. Elisha cut a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron float. Lifted out, he said, and the man reached out. And I can imagine how good it felt to grab onto that thing and grabbed it and he took it. Just like a shepherd, I can imagine, just like a shepherd, by the way, who isn't named either, entrusted with the story of Jesus' birth, being able to be given access to the story and being so proud and so excited to share it. I can imagine this guy, this like axe head guy, like two years later sitting around like birthday dinner or something like that. And he's like, okay, family, I have a toast. I'm going to make a speech. And they're like, uh, like, Uncle Steve, not again. Like, no way. I'm going to tell you about this time where the head fell, and they're like, uh, not the axe head story again, bro. Like, come on. But, but I bet this story, like, changed his whole life. Can you imagine that? Like, the time that the axe head was lost, and then it floated This B-side story, you know, it kind of gets lost if you just fly over. But this story was so meaningful to this person. And I believe so meaningful to the community that they're like, wait, wait, wait. Stop talking about kings and prophets for a second. Make sure you include that story of the axe head guy, whatever his name was. Don't forget about this story. I think this story was put in scripture so it can change your life today too. I think it was put in scriptures so it can change our lives. There's a couple things that I noticed as I was studying through this that I want to put on your radar. If you're taking notes, these are good things to write down. Uh, Feel free to or not, whatever's best. But uh, the first thing is I think because of this B-side story, what like how our lives should change today, first thing, is I think that we should just always assume that God is with you. Just always assume that. Always assume that God is with you. See, this axe head guy wasn't alone in the story. And I believe, and we'll talk about scripture in a second, I I believe that's true for us today too, that you are not alone either. God promises to not leave us. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this, For I am sure, Paul writes, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present or things to come powers, height, or depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why would they talk about that? Here's why. He says, don't be distracted by strange new ideas. He says, your strength comes from God's grace. And then he goes on to talk about some religious things, rules about food. 
And I love that reminder that we don't like earn it at all, voice. We don't earn it at all. There's nothing religious. There's nothing we could attend. There's, there's nothing we could do or not do to earn his favor because instead of earning it, God gifted it. I love that it says uh, here in Hebrews that your strength comes from God's grace. You're chosen. And that doesn't change. See, uh, if I'm honest uh, today, most of my struggles with God, like still, stem from this assumption that I'm just on my own. When, uh, when, when that thing happens, when that, you know, axe handle breaks and, and, or whatever, when that situation comes, my first assumption is like, well, tch, I'm on my own for this. Like, where is God in this situation? And I think this story is a great reminder that God actually isn't very far. Sometimes our awareness of him lacks, and we could change that. But Scripture is super clear, okay? Scripture is super clear that God is always with us. Now, I could teach a whole class about, like, the major difference in theology from Old and New Testament. But if you boil it down, here's the one thing I want you to know about God's presence for today. 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God, meaning God has chosen to be with and within you. All you have to do is ask. He wants to be so close, not like locked up in this physical building, but he wants to be with you, like within you all the time. And I think that is worth reminding, starting the year off right. Number one is assume that God is with you. Now, number two, I'm going to ask a question, and I'm going to ask you to respond. So be, be brave here. Uh, I'm a teacher, so that's just how it works when I'm, when I'm teaching. But, uh, so number one is assume that God is with you. Number two, if we assume that God is with us, well, then also I think we should behave like God cares about the details, Behave like God cares about the details, all the details, everything. There is nothing too big or too small for God to care about because he cares about you. So the question today is, says church question, this is what I would love to hear for three or four or five of you is, if God is with you and he cares about the details, so voice, how does that change your life today? And I'll respond to this too, but I'd love to hear from you. How does your life change today if God is with you and he cares about all the details? What do you think? Go ahead. To think twice. Make decisions differently or more carefully. I heard another. No fear. Absolutely. Yeah. Less worry. Good one. What else? Yeah, he's, he's invested in us. Absolutely. More joy. More confidence. Right? Say it again. Yeah, daily communication. Right. We can talk to him about anything and everything. It changes everything, right? It's your whole posture and life changes if God is with you and he cares about the details. For me, thank you guys so much for responding. For me, comes in a, a different, <clears throat> different angle. Um, I, uh, we park in the back of our house, so we drive down an alley, and then we kinda, I kind of back into our parking spots behind our house. And uh, in the first week that we moved into our house, I uh, locked myself out of my car 
moving the gate while the car was running. And, uh, and so it was okay because I had another set of keys and my kids thought it was hilarious. But since that day, I made a little change. I always roll my window down a little bit when I get out to open the gate, just in case. And that would be how I answer this. If God cares about uh, the details, if he's always with me, then I think I can start changing, making little micro changes to my daily habits that really affect my life later on. Because since that day that I started rolling my window down, guess what hasn't happened? I haven't locked myself out of my car while it's running, right? And so I love the idea that God maybe isn't just asking for these huge life changes. He's asking for the, the little ones that build up, that we can do every day, that really change our life over the course of a year or two years, that maybe obedience to God can be found in the small things, not just the big ones. God loves, God loves to be a part of all the details of our life. Okay, so assume that God is with you. Behave like God cares about the details. And then I'll wrap up with this third one, is obey God like he can do the impossible. Like church, we have to be reminded, and I'm speaking to myself first, we have to be reminded that God is not limited in the way that we are limited. He can do whatever he wants to do. And when you start to believe and behave like that, man, life becomes to be, it gets to be so much more fun. And you know what happens is we start collecting little stories about how God became, God was faithful. All the time, these B-side stories just start popping up. I can imagine uh, this, this, this axe head guy, right? Uh, we'll call him Steve for today. I don't know why, but uh, axe head guy, Steve, what if he decided in our story, what if he decided that like when that handle broke, that that was just the end of the story and he just went home? You know what I mean? What if he decided that the prophet doesn't, the, the presence of God, it doesn't even matter because that's it. That's the end of the story. What if he chose to just go home? We wouldn't have the story in Scripture, and it wouldn't be encouraging to you or to me today. What if he didn't um, respond to the need in the first place? What if he figured out that the, 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 the location for everybody was too small, and he's like, I don't even have an axe head, guys. That's not, God's not calling me to that. What if he decided not to meet the need in the first place? We wouldn't have this B-side story. But what I notice in this story is he keeps saying yes. He keeps saying yes. And I love this. Is I think that God wants to display his faithfulness through your obedience. I think God wants to display his faithfulness through your obedience. Now, as we close today, I wrote down, and I want to read it, that I want us as a church to get into a rhythm that we decide to take an action, that we decide to take action after every single gathering. Now, it doesn't mean a big one. I'm not asking for big swings. I'm not asking for altar calls. We'll do that. That's great. What I'm asking for is a small decision that you pre-decide I'm going to walk out different than how I walked in. I'm going to walk out more obedient, more willing to obey than when I came in. For some of us, God has made you aware of a need in our community. 
in your community, whether that's work, church, family, whatever. He's made you aware of it. And my question today is, it might be a little, um, it might be pushing a little bit, but have you responded to it? The guy in the axe head story didn't even have the axe head, but he still responded. See, I think sometimes, even if we don't have all the resources, we're called to step up, to respond. And maybe this is the encouragement you need today to just say yes, because God can do impossible things all day long. For some of us, maybe God has asked you to do something that just doesn't make sense. Is that you? This is where I fall today. Like throw a stick in the water to make iron float. It doesn't make sense, okay? But understanding is not a requirement for obedience. Understanding is not a requirement for obedience. Have you been feeling stuck in your faith lately? Maybe you're just like, I've been here a long time. Well, maybe what you need to hear is this. Go back to the last thing that God asked you to do. Circle back around to it and do that thing and see what changes. Maybe it's, forgiveness and it's a tough situation and I know I've been there but maybe it's time to let it go and forgive and release yourself from that prison alongside that other person maybe it's time to take on the responsibility to sign up for the team to change your attitude with that person and for me maybe it's time uh, to maybe it's time to be faithful while you wait that's my message for myself today Maybe it's time to just be faithful while you wait. See, I think whether it's a big act, like an A-side story or a B-side story, act of obedience, I still think God is calling us to take action today. And then lastly, and then I'll pray, I'll invite the worship team to come back up. Lastly, for some of us, I believe God wants you to tell your story. Your B-side story. The story that you think, because it doesn't measure up, to other people, that you just haven't really thought that it matters that much. But I think today, God is calling you to tell, be ready to tell your story. There is somebody who needs to be encouraged by your story of God's faithfulness. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. God, today, I believe there are some of us that need to start our relationship with you. Maybe you've just been putting it off. We haven't thought it was time yet. And maybe, Lord God, this is the time that we know it's, it's, it's time to make a decision about you. God, I pray that that person would acknowledge that we are sinful, acknowledge that we need a Savior. God, that we would accept Jesus' forgiveness and that we would ask the Holy Spirit to come into our life. God, for some of us, we need the courage to act in obedience in the way that you have called today. And maybe it's not a huge step. Maybe it's literally just moving a toe forward. Maybe it's just a small micro habit, like rolling down a window when you get out of the car. But God, I believe, I believe it's these little acts of obedience. It's these little B-side stories that add up to a year that will look vastly different than last year. God, I love what Pastor Taka said today about a church who realizes that they have a responsibility and who seeks that equipping. 
God, today, may it be a first step in equipping a church, a group of people, to be more and more and more faithful to you, to fulfill the ministries that you have put on our hearts and minds. God, to build a community that invites people who need community in, to be a people who speak the truth in love, to be a voice to those who need it. God, would you remind us that this responsibility also comes with the freedom of knowing you. Freedom is not just doing whatever we want. It's standing in front of you, totally blameless and forgiven. God, as we worship before the message, I pray that we would do that again. Just worship with open arms, with holding nothing back. Would we experience this freedom that we receive through the forgiveness of Jesus? And would we be ready to just tell story after story, B-side, C-side, whatever, story after story of your faithfulness. Lord God, as we sing, may we respond, may we listen, may we move closer to you as you are already here dwelling within us. In Jesus' name, church, and we all say together, amen. So our family recently, um, we just got back from a trip to Japan yesterday. It was the first time I've been to Japan since I was 13, which is only a couple years ago. I know I look older, but um, really over like 30 years ago. And um, one of the things they have there for those of you guys that have been there, and thank you for all the texts and stuff going, you got to go to this place, go to this place. Um, and we went to all those places. Uh, so one of the things is they have these things called gachapons that are everywhere. Like, like it's essentially gambling for children. And uh, <laughs> so there's like these little uh, like vending machine things, right? You put your 300, 400, 500 yen in, which when you exchange your money into yen, it's almost like when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, despite like the scary rodents and stuff, uh, where it doesn't feel like real money anymore. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, I'll just redeem these three tokens. And you realize how much you're spending. Anyways, so there's all these gachapon things and they like some of them are just totally random. Like, here's four different kinds of toasters, and here's this anime characters. But then sometimes they're around, like, a shrine or a theme park or whatever, and there's characters associated with that park. And so one of the things we got to do uh, was we went to Disney, uh, Disney, Tokyo Disney. And we were leaving Tokyo Disney, and I'm like, I want to get a, um, I want to try to get a Mickey character, right? 300 yen, big whoop, three bucks, 250 or whatever it is. It's called three bucks. So I, I was like, I have a one in four chance. There's like a Mickey, a Minnie, a Daffy, and a Donald, I think. So, uh, and so I, I put the 300 yen in there, got it, Minnie. Dang it. Okay, well, oh well, a Minnie's fine. I'll have a Mickey and a Minnie, right? So now I have a, you know, good chance that I'm going to get something, hopefully Mickey, right? So I, I do it again, Minnie again. Kid you not. Like, what are the chances of getting Minnie twice? So uh, I... We have to exchange money. I'm like, Natalie, how many little 100 yen pieces do you have? So she I borrowed some money from my wife, which I do often. And I put 300 yen in more and did it again. Mini again, three times. Mini, right? And at this point, there's two other people who are waiting in line. I'm like, not yet, bro. Because they're, they're like, I, I need to get my Mickey, right? So uh, they're laughing at me at this point because three minis in a row. And I'm like, I'll trade you a mini for literally anything else. It's raining minis in my life right now. So... Uh, so I get another 300 yen, uh, put it in there for four time mini. I kid you not, four minis in a row. Net, Brooklyn's over on the side, like doing like the factorials, going, there's a one in 256 chance. It's like, okay, thank you. Uh, uh, so I, I'm like, I, I don't have any more money. I've spent 
Now, you know, like $12 on stupid minis, uh, right? And so I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm calling it. You know, no one to fold them, right? So I, I'm out. The next person goes up, puts her 300 yen in, Mickey. It's like, you gotta be kidding me, right? So they get to make it like, oh, Mickey. And like, it's the only one they got. They're like, oh, I'm one and done. And so she, they, you know, skip away, I'm sure, and laughing at me. Next guy comes, puts his 300 coin in, Mickey. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, reason why I bring that up, I was frustrated uh, because what am I gonna do with four minis, right? And I'm like, it's not like there's a, uh, an online marketplace to trade these or whatever. Uh, so I was frustrated. And then one of the girls, Brooklyn or Kaya, was like, but now we have one for each of us. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So what I looked at, at was like a really frustrating moment uh, was actually one of our favorite moments of the trip. And so now each of us have a mini, <laughs> a little mini mouse. I have one. Uh, in you know the shed, and they have theirs in different. Not a shed, like a garden shed, but like a where I hang out a lot. So it's like my man cave. So I have my mini in there, and they have theirs in other places. And it's just funny. I, I, I bring that up because a lot of times, the greatest stories uh, happen when things don't go our way, right? Like you, the, think about your favorite movie. No one wants to watch a movie about the guy who like gets everything, gets the promotion. You know, you know, Braveheart starts with enormous pain and then comes a great story, right? So sometimes they're like a funny little mini situation. Some of you guys, I know your stories. It's not a funny situation. Some of you guys, I wish I could carry your pain for you. You're going through hell right now. And there's no other words. Some of you guys are like, oh, I can't believe you said hell from the stage. What you guys are going through, I don't know another word for it. I can know a couple of your story. I'm thinking of a couple specific people in the room right now. You're going through hell right now. And I don't know why, but my guess is there are lessons that you can learn right now that you cannot learn any other way. If you ask the right questions, right? So if you ask the why questions, God, why, why this? Why now? Why me? Why? Those are never going to be helpful. But if you ask what? God, what do you want me to do? What should my response be? What are you trying to teach me right now? My guess is there's a great lesson, multiple, there's a great story. Right? When you get together with old friends, you don't talk about, remember that road trip that went perfectly fine and nothing bad happened? You don't talk about those times. Like remember the time we ran out of gas, we're in this ghost town, we didn't walk too much. You remember those stories, right? The great stories come from what could be a really frustrating experience. So maybe, Maybe if you're going through something that you're going, what in the world is happening? And if you're not in a situation like that, you will be, right? Maybe God's up to something really cool. Maybe he's going to teach you something you could never learn otherwise. Maybe he's writing a really cool story. You just don't know the end of it yet. And so I just think about, you know, losing the accent. Really frustrating experience but became the story that I guarantee Steve told his family over and over again, right? I mean, right? It's a good Jewish name, Steve. So anyways, I just want to encourage you, especially going in 2022, especially when you look at social media and you're going, everyone else is having a great day, but I'm going through such a rough season. If anyone knew, God knows, God sees. 
So with that, um, if we can support you in prayer, we end service the same way every single time. Um, we have over here a, a team that is willing to pray with you. If we can support you, please don't leave feeling like you're alone. If we can help support you in prayer in any way, uh, we are here for you. After dismissal, we always do one more song because I know it's some of you guys, you, you're like, hey, teachings are great. I just need time with God. And so we sing one more song after dismissal for anyone who wants to stay back and either worship or maybe you just need to sit down in a spiritual environment to just kind of gather yourself before you leave into the week, right? And so that's uh, what we do also. Every time we gather, we take a free will offering. If you want to be a part of that, if you want to give through the church, you can do that uh, then. Uh, but yeah, man, 2023, I believe it was all my heart, guys. I've never been more excited, more passionate about what God is doing uh, in voice, through voice. 2023 is gonna be a historic year, guys. I believe with all my heart. Get strapped in, get ready, because you're not just a part of it. You are Voice Church, right? You are. And so get ready to see what God's gonna do through you, in you. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. And again, if we can support you guys, I know what some of you guys are going through. If we can support you, we're here. Let me pray for you. And then you're officially dismissed. Uh, or if you want to stay back for prayer or to sing one more song together, you're always welcome to do that, all right? But no obligation. Don't feel guilty if you're, or, or unspiritual if you feel like you need to, to leave, okay? Uh, so, God, we just, uh, we just want to be faithful, God. We just want to do um, what you want us to do, God. We want to be faithful to the calling you have on our lives. We want to make a difference in this world. God, I pray for my friends in this room who are just, feel like they have a thousand pounds on their shoulders right now. They feel like the, someone turn the lights out, that the sun is hiding behind the clouds. God, I pray for fresh hope to stir up again. Would they recognize your presence? I don't pray that you'll be there, God. We know you already are there. God, would you help them to recognize your presence at work in their life? Would you help their small group and their friends to rally around them to realize that they are not alone? God, we pray would you help us to be a church family supporting one another? And God, we pray for this year, 2023, would it be one for the history books? Would it be one that we were faithful to you? It wasn't always about us, God, but we, are, we were faithful in creating what you wanted us to create. God, we pray that we make you look really good this year. We pray that we put a smile on the face of God this year. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen.